George Washington was the most distinguished of any man living and the greatest character of his age. That is how Washington was described by his former enemy, King George III. That's right, George III had great respect for Washington, but a bunch of blue-haired woke leftists today in America do not. They have no respect for the father of their country, nor have they respect for the descendants of the father of that country or the whole country itself. They are rewriting the past. And the fact is when you rewrite the past, you control the future. Fortunately, President Trump gets that and he just gave us a history lesson at Mount Rushmore for the ages. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to The Michael Knowles Show. President Trump talked about the new monuments, he talked about the old monuments, he talked about the whole point of the monuments at this Mount Rushmore speech. The speech was absolutely magnificent. He did a great job. He opens up on the, the actual problem because people are looking around right now at the country and they say, what is the problem? Is it race? Is it sex? Is it the economy? Is it certain political rights? And what Trump saw is that the problem is one of history, how we understand our history, how our history is taught. The, the fact is the future of our country lies in the way we look at the past. And what he sees right now is an encroaching politically correct leftist fascism that is going to destroy our national foundation. In our schools, our newsrooms, even our corporate boardrooms, there is a new far left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not gonna happen to us. Not going to happen to us. No, it's not because we're standing back, but there are a lot of incentives here for us to give in. So you have this issue of the rewriting of the history. How is that enforced? It's enforced because the left owns every institution of the culture. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The left talks about institutional racism. Well, they own all the institutions, the media, the educational apparatus, Hollywood, big tech, the list goes on and on, corporate America. And if you don't recite its politically correct orthodoxies, You'll lose your job. You'll get deplatformed. You will lose your livelihood. You'll lose your reputation. You'll be kicked out of school. Uh, it, it never ends. So how do we stop it? What President Trump pointed out at this excellent speech at Mount Rushmore is that all of this is the predictable result of years and years and decades of indoctrination, lies about our past through the mainstream media and through the schools. So what does President Trump think we have to do? Instead of just complaining about this, which is good, there's an effect to that, what he did, he used this opportunity, this historic speech at Mount Rushmore, to give a simple history lesson about our founders. The radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted. Every fact is distorted, and every flaw is magnified. 
until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. This movement is openly attacking the legacies of every person on Mount Rushmore. They defile the memory of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. Today, we will set history and history's records straight. And that's what he did. Trump just went on and he talked about the actual history of Washington, of Jefferson, of Teddy Roosevelt, of Abraham Lincoln. It, it was pitch perfect. I thought the speech was magnificent. Whoever wrote it did a spectacular job and Trump in delivering it did a spectacular job. You know, it goes back so much further than we're willing to admit. We'll say, okay, somewhere around 2015, 2014, that's when the campuses went crazy. That's when history started to go crazy. That's when you had the shrieking girl at Yale. That's all these kind of incidents that were so, so uh, viral. It goes back much further. There was a study that came out of ISI, the Intercollegiate Studies Institute, I think in 2007, it was 07 or 08. The study was of graduating seniors at elite schools, you know, all the big brand name schools and what they knew about their history, their civics and their politics in America. What it found was, I kid you not, seniors graduating from these schools, they've just spent tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on an education, knew less about their country's history and politics and government than incoming freshmen. They had gotten more ignorant over time. Their own country and our understanding of it had been completely distorted while they were in school. And that, of course, is what we're seeing just anecdotally anecdotally and as a matter of data. So Trump gives this great history lesson. That was terrific. Now, as a practical matter of politics, what is he going to do? Two things. He's going to do two things to stop the carnage, the the statue toppling, the mayhem in our country. And each of those is very important. One practical in the short term, one very important in the long term. We'll get to that in one second. First, I got to thank our friends over at BlinkSale. BlinkSale is the revolutionary invoicing software that is changing the landscape for small businesses and independent contractors everywhere. When you do a job, you should just do the job. Put all your focus on the job. You should not have to send nagging emails to get your invoices paid. Well, with BlinkSale, you can send beautiful custom branded invoices and estimates in seconds. Stay on top of outstanding invoices. You can let your customers and clients easily pay your invoices online. You will even get instant notifications when a customer opens your invoice so that you will actually know if they're just trying to avoid paying you. Forget about using invoice templates or stressing about coordinating a bunch of different software programs. BlinkSale takes care of all of it so that you can spend more time focusing on the work that actually gets you paid and makes your business a success. Nobody started a business so that he could write up invoices all the time. See for yourself. Try BlinkSale for free at BlinkSale.com slash Knowles. That's B-L-I-N-K-S-A-L-E.com slash Knowles. BlinkSale. Spend less time billing and more time doing what you love. Trump announces he's got two things he's going to do to stop the mayhem. First one, already happening they're going to start arresting all of the people toppling our statues. I am pleased to report that yesterday, federal agents arrested the suspected ringleader of the attack on the statue of the great Andrew Jackson in Washington, D.C. 
And in addition, hundreds more have been arrested. Under the executive order I signed last week pertaining to the Veterans Memorial Preservation and Recognition Act and other laws, people who damage or deface federal statues or monuments will get a minimum of 10 years in prison. Oh, I love that, baby. That is some good news to me. Why? Why? Is it just because I want these kind of crazy blue-haired anarchists to go to jail? Yes, that's part of it. I do want that. I think that is good. It is better for the individuals and it is better for society. It is better for these individuals that they be locked up behind bars than that they continue to degrade themselves in the society around them by knocking down statues and smashing people's property and harming people. That is a good thing. But we also need to show the, the precedent. We need, we need this to work as a deterrent, which is if you knock down federal statues, you're going to go to jail for a long, long time. Three aspects of criminal justice that are important. The first one, the most important one, is retribution. The most important one is punishing people just because they've done something wrong. It's called justice for a reason. Everyone forgets about that one, but it's very important. That's the justice. The second one is the deterrent factor. We need to deter people from smashing up our whole country. The reason the riots grew and grew is because nobody did anything about them. And so eventually it just took over the whole country. If people did something about it from the beginning and said, no, sorry, I don't care what stupid social justice BS you're spewing, you don't actually get to burn down the whole country, then the riots wouldn't have happened. Better late than never though. And then the third one is rehabilitation. These people are doing bad things. They're perverts. They have a, a very wrong-headed view of the world and their own country and themselves. They need to go away for a little while and get the right view of it. So I think this is wonderful, extraordinarily important that Trump is doing it. But that's not enough. It's not just enough to lock up these anarchists. What you need to do is look ahead to the future. We've knocked down our statues. A lot of statues have fallen down over the last few weeks. An and almost incalculable number when you consider everywhere that this has been taking place. So what's Trump going to do? Exactly the right answer. He's going to build them back up. Today, under the authority vested in me as president of the United States, I am announcing the creation of a new monument to the giants of our past. I am signing an executive order to establish the National Guard of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature the statues of the greatest Americans to ever live. Yes, I love this. And in, in very Trump fashion, it's not just that he's going to build up like one statue of Christopher Columbus or one statue of whoever, Washington, he's going to build a giant new park with lots and lots of statues. We have the list so far of the statues. The National Garden will include statues of John Adams. Great. Susan B. Anthony. Pretty good. That'll irk the, the pro-abortion people because Susan B. Anthony was pro-life. Clara Barton. I don't know who that is. Daniel Boone. Great. Joshua Chamberlain. I think he might be a basketball player. Either way, that's great. Henry Clay. Great. Davy Crockett. Fedri uh, Davy Crockett. Frederick Douglass. Amelia Earhart. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, Billy Graham, Alexander Hamilton. I just watched that musical over the weekend. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. 
Thomas Jefferson, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, Doug MacArthur, Dolly Madison, James Madison. This is just a great list, right? George S. Patton, old blood and guts himself. Terrific. Ronald Reagan, love that. Jackie Robinson, oh yeah. Betsy Ross, even though her flag is now racist, according to Colin Kaepernick, who will also come to because he admitted that his whole kneeling thing was a lie from the beginning because he just hates his country, has nothing to do with police brutality. Antonin Scalia, love that. Harriet Beecher Stowe, Harriet Tubman, Booker Washington, who doesn't get nearly enough respect. I'll be talking about him on my PragerU book club show coming up. George Washington and the Wright brothers. Okay, this is very good. My only issue here is, I I mean, I love all of this. I think we should build up all of these statues. That's terrific. The one thing about this executive order, though, is it, it will not rebuild any of the Confederate statues that have been smashed. I come from a long line of Northerners. Nobody in my family tree ever held slaves. They fought for the Union. George Cobb Knowles died at the Battle of Boynton Plank Road, okay? I have no particular familial love of the Confederacy or anything like that, and I don't have any uh, long-standing ancestral history to the South. But we should build up those Confederate monuments again. We should. When, When the Civil War was over, Abraham Lincoln said, malice toward none, charity for all. The the Confederate dead are treated as American citizens, okay? They were entitled to certain war benefits from the federal government. General Lee had his citizenship reinstated. The, The point of that, right, we fight this bloody civil war over this question of slavery, the North wins, and then we have to come back together as a country. The civil war didn't split the country apart completely. We ultimately rejoined together. By not rebuilding those Confederate monuments, what you're saying to the rioters and the anarchists is, okay, you were sort of right. You were sort of right. You're right. We shouldn't. Those guys were bad. It's it's probably for the best that their statues are down. I hate Robert E. Lee. You're such a much better person, blue-haired anarchist, than Robert E. Lee. And, And that just isn't the case. It's a bad message to send. It gives up a little too much. It gives up the premises. I understand it would be, it would be politically difficult to put up some statues of Robert E. Lee, but I do fear that by not doing that, you are giving in a little bit, and ultimately they're just going to come back for George Washington, even once this National Garden is created. Though, I will say, the National Garden, a great, uh, great first step. And Trump ends on a hopeful note. The hopeful note is, the best is yet to come. That's actually the line he said, the best is yet to come. Sunny optimism, very much like Ronald Reagan, good stuff. How do you think the media covered the Mount Rushmore speech. Did they talk about the, all the sunny optimism in the future and how great everything is going to be and how our country was good from the beginning and it's going to be good in the future? Uh, no, not quite. We'll get into the dark and divisive media coverage. But first, I want to thank our friends over at Quip. You know Quip. It's very important to take care of your teeth. It's very important to have a proper toothbrush to do that. The Quip electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations. It's got a 30-second pulsing to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute routine. There's even a size-down version, which is designed for kids. This is very important to have an electric toothbrush. I used to use an old toothbrush that wasn't electric. It's basically like rubbing a stick on your teeth, okay? You just don't get as good a clean. Paired with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste, which I love in mint or watermelon, you get all the ingredients that teeth actually need and none of them that they don't. Quip brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks each. Can't beat that. And a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh to stay committed to your oral 
health. Plus, shipping is free. Join over 3 million happy customers. You can get started with the affordably, the uh, easy and affordable Quip starting at 25 bucks. Right now, if you go to getquip.com slash Michael, you will get your first refill for free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com slash Michael. Get Q-U-I-P.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Quip, the good habits company. How do you think the media covered this? Oh, it was very bad. The New York Times says that Trump's speech was dark and divisive at Mount Rushmore, leaning into culture wars and barely mentioning the pandemic. Can you believe that in a speech that had nothing to do with the pandemic at Mount Rushmore right before the 4th of July? He didn't mention the pandemic that we're trying to push. He didn't mention our narrative. He didn't play into it. CNN called it dark and divisive. And, and they obviously nothing in the text of the speech was dark or divisive. It just talked about how great our history was, how great those men were, how great we are, and how great we can be in the future because the best is yet to come. So they had to look at the site. They said the very fact that they're at Mount Rushmore is evidence of how dark and evil and racist and bigoted and unjust this man is. Here's CNN. Kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans, told that uh, be focusing on the effort to, quote, tear down our country's history. That's really awful and dark and awful, isn't it? I guess CNN just hates Mount Rushmore. Maybe there's something wrong with Mount Rushmore. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we've just been so wrong about this all the time. Oh no, it's pure hypocrisy because four years ago when Bernie Sanders, noted left winger, showed up to Mount Rushmore, CNN could not have been happier. This is our country at its very best. What an incredible achievement. Visiting Mount Rushmore today, Bernie Sanders taking in the majesty of the moment, this monument to four great American presidents. Just the accomplishment and the beauty here, it really does make one very proud to be an American. This is America at its best. It makes you proud to be an American. It's so beautiful. Even CNN admits four great American presidents. You know it's fake when it's in the news. That was a line from Kanye West's recent song, Kanye West, possibly our future president, which we'll get to in a moment. This is what fake news is. They don't care about Mount Rushmore. They don't care about George Washington or Thomas Jefferson. They just care about attacking Trump. And Donald Trump is the representative for you. They want to attack you, who they think are deplorable and irredeemable and bitter clingers and all manner of evil. The, the instrument through which they will attack you doesn't matter. If Bernie Sanders, if Joe Biden, I guess now is the nominee, had given a speech at Mount Rushmore, all we would have heard for the last two weeks is how great Mount Rushmore is. If Joe Biden had given a speech on how wonderful George Washington is, we'd have, we'd have heard hour to hour, 24-7 media coverage of how George Washington was a great man and how he would have hated Donald Trump. There's no solid logic here. It's just Democrat good, Republican bad. Biden good, Trump bad. Left good, right bad. That's all it is. And, and there are some squishy people on the right who, who want to say, ah, maybe they've got a point. You know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore. Maybe we shouldn't, ah, you know, Jefferson did own slavery. It's, it's not about that guy. You're just, you're trying to appease people and come to an accommodation with people who have no desire to reconcile with you on the left. 
They just want to club you and attack you. And the, the sooner you, you can pull up a, a, an example from the media for all, uh, virtually all of these stories. How many do you have to watch before you realize they don't want to be friends with you? Okay. They don't, they don't like you very much. They don't like this country. Finally, we can see that Colin Kaepernick is a liar in his premise, that the left was lying from the beginning. You remember when Colin Kaepernick came out and he said that he was protesting police brutality? And some of us at that time said, no, he's not. He's protesting the country. He's protesting the American flag, which is a symbol of the country. So he's protesting the country itself. When some of us said that at the time, we were called racist and stupid and idiots. And of course not. Stop being obtuse. Stop being so thick headed. He's only protesting the police. Well, then it went from protesting the current star spangled banner to protesting the Betsy Ross flag. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. And I said, wait, see, there wasn't, there weren't police departments as we know them at the time of the Betsy Ross flag. He's protesting the country. Still people said, no, no, he's just protesting police brutality. Well, now Colin Kaepernick has come out and admitted he thinks the country itself is evil. He tweeted out for the 4th of July. Black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized by America for centuries and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors. We reject your celebration of white supremacy and look forward to liberation for all. There's the key. I mean, forget his history, which is a little bit off, as you might imagine. He refers to the 4th of July as a celebration of white supremacy and looks forward to liberation for all. The 4th of July is a celebration of white supremacy according to the left because America is nothing but white supremacy. And white supremacy, by the way, is just the new phrase for white nationalist is what we heard for the last few years, for racist is what we'd heard for the past decade or two. And none of those words mean what they, they seem to mean. They just mean bad. It's just a, it's just a synonym for bad which is why when you try to use internal logic, like racism, right? Racism is an affront to human dignity and racism is when you judge people unjustly on the basis of their race. So we say, okay, so black people can be racist, right? Or, or Hispanic people can be racist. They say, no, only white people can. Well, that doesn't make sense by the definition of racism, but it does when you realize racism or fascism or whatever, all these ism words, it just means bad. It just means I don't like you. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, I don't like America. I don't like the founding. I don't like the current country. I don't like any of it. And you know what? I don't like Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> and I, even though surely now some NFL team is going to have to hire him because they're getting pressure from the, the league and from the popular culture. It, it won't matter. He won't change his mind. He, the minute he's hired back, even as a mediocre football player, he's not going to say, oh gosh, what a good country. Don't forget, Colin Kaepernick was raised by adoptive parents presumably white supremacists themselves. There's no, there's no gratitude toward that. There's no gratitude. Colin Kaepernick lives in the most free, prosperous, wonderful country in the world. He got to make millions of dollars from Nike or, or from the NFL, get, gets to play a game for a living. No gratitude for that because you either look at the world with gratitude or with resentment. You either look at the past as irredeemable or as a sign of how the best is yet to come. But it's not just Colin Kaepernick. It's because Colin Kaepernick, who cares? They've always been weirdo athletes. It goes up higher. One of the major VP candidates being considered by Joe Biden. 
basically agrees with Kaepernick. We'll get to that in one second. First though, I've got to thank our friends over at ReadyWise. Very important to be prepared during an emergency, before the emergency hits. Maybe you've come to realize that over the past few weeks and months. Now is a better time than ever to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has many options, such as emergency meals. That's great. Freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition. They've got new adventure meals for hiking, camping, other outdoor activities. ReadyWise meals are easy to prepare. You just add water. They also have a very long shelf life. ReadyWise uses the finest ingredients and latest food preparation technology to ensure optimal taste and freshness. I love it. Every recipe is crafted by a team of chefs to provide a nutritional meal during critical times. We actually, we had some around the office and uh, one of my producers once just, I, I, I kept looking, I was like, what's happening to all these meals? Like, where are they going? And he was just eating them for lunch on a regular day. He wasn't camping. It wasn't the apocalypse. He just said, oh, they taste good. So I'm going to do it. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. ReadyWise has a 90 day, no questions asked, return policy, no risk. No reason not to get prepared today. That's R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com. Promo code Knowles to get free shipping. Forget Colin Kaepernick. This goes all the way up to a potential Biden VP pick. Now, you remember last week, I got to speak with a potential Biden VP pick. That's Karen Bass, head of the Congressional Black Caucus. She's a congressman here in California. And Karen Bass had these ties to Marxists. She worked with the, the BLM leadership, which describes itself as trained Marxists very closely. She denied that. She lied to my face because she didn't realize I had the receipts, uh, which we, we showed on an episode last week. Uh, she also had given praise to Fidel Castro, communist dictator of Cuba, right? So that's, that's pretty unsettling. Now we have another Biden VP pick who has these radical views. This would be Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth is a Democratic senator from Illinois, Duckworth was asked about this radical view of American history, whereby we have to take down statues of George Washington. Did she say that's crazy? Did she disavow tearing down statues of Washington? No, she said that's something we should seriously consider. George Washington, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would call him a traitor. And there are mm -hmm. moves by some to remove uh, statues of him. Is that a good idea? I think we should listen to the, everybody. I think we should listen to, to the argument there. But remember that the president at Mount Rushmore was standing on ground that was stolen from Native Americans who had actually been given that land during a treaty. Um, and again, let's talk about the greater context of where we are in our country right now. It's open discussion for everybody. We got to hear all points of view. You think that, uh, George Washington was a terrible, no good, rotten, dirty scoundrel, and we should tear all his statues down? Okay, yeah, we should hear that out. But something tells me she wouldn't hear out the traditional view, which has been held not only by Washington's admirers, but even by his fiercest enemies, King George III, that he is the greatest man of his age. I agree with that. People always ask, who is the greatest founding father? Who is the great? There's no question. It is Washington. All the rest are also great men, but nobody compares to the giant of Washington. So what's so upsetting here is not just that we have a sitting U.S. Senator, potential VP candidate, who doesn't care to defend the father of our country. Even Biden himself, even Biden himself, chose 4th of July to make a short speech, obviously not in person because they don't want him to get lost and not be able to pronounce his name. So it was highly produced in his basement. Even Biden himself chose the 4th of July to, to tear down the country. 
we'll get to that in one moment. This, this perfect contrast between looking with bright eyes to the future, Donald Trump, and looking with scorn and disdain for our past. That's Joe Biden. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to how the fight for our future is actually a fight for our past. But first, I have got to thank all of you. Thank you so much for uh, showing up to the Michael Knowles Show on Apple Podcast and subscribing and leaving a five-star review. We really appreciate that. That helps us out. And also thank you for subscribing to the show on YouTube. You may have noticed that uh, we passed the 130,000 subscriber mark, which allows me to beat Drew, which I'm really, really pleased about. We also had an hour-long interview with my friend Dave Rubin over uh, the weekend. We talked about everything from his surprising new view on abortion. Uh, he's moved in a direction I think we'll all like. Uh, Trump, Jordan Peterson, who, you know, obviously Dave knows very well. And Dave does something in this interview that he has never done in an interview before. Head on over there and also get a Daily Wire Reader's Pass, 99 cents for the first month. That's my gift to you. Three bucks a month after that. Uh, you get to read all of the exclusive content, some great stuff here. Uh, for instance, Ben's latest piece about the only good people in history. And according to the logic of the left these days, it sounds like he plagiarized my famous book. Uh, head on over, get a reader's pass, dailywire.com. Sign up for just a buck. We will be back with a whole lot more. So Biden uses the 4th of July to tear down the country. He tweets out a video because he, he can't be expected to give a live speech because he's obviously in precipitous decline. He's not even able to campaign, which is why I just coincidentally notice that uh, Democratic officials have locked down the entire country and won't let anyone campaign before the presidential election. So Joe Biden tweets out this video. And for anyone who thinks that Joe Biden is some moderate, he's kind of the old school of the Democratic Party, Listen to him tear down our country. Our country was founded on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. We've never lived up to it. Jefferson himself didn't. He held slaves. Women were excluded. But once proposed, it was an idea that couldn't be constrained. It survived the ravages of the Civil War, the dogs of Bull Connor, the assassination of Martin Luther King, and more than 200 years of systemic racism. And just weeks ago, the murder of George Floyd. Through it all, these words have gnawed at our conscience and pulled us towards justice. American history is no fairy tale. It's been a constant push and pull between the two parts of our character. The idea that all men and women, all people are created equal, and the racism that has torn us apart. We have a chance now to give the marginalized, the demonized, the isolated, the oppressed a full share of the American dream. We have a chance to rip the roots of systemic racism out of this country. We've never lived up to our ideals. That's what, that's what Biden says. He, he says it dismissively. He goes, yeah, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I'm glad he could remember the phrase this time, unlike in that previous speech, and probably he couldn't remember the phrase which is why they had to pre-film it. Never lived up to it. I think we have actually. I think we've lived up to it many times. I think we live up to it more often than we don't, buddy. American history is no fairy tale. Right. American history is, is an awe-inspiring history. It's a history of the, the greatest nation, modern nation, the history of the world. What Joe Biden is selling you is a fairy tale. What Joe Biden is selling you is that America is rotten, systemically racist, institutionalized racism 
He controls all the institutions, by the way. Don't forget him and his associates on the left and in the Democratic Party. They do control all of it, but somehow it's everyone else's fault. His fairy tale that America is, is basically just torn between the good people and the bad people. And, you know, he's the representative of the good people. And Donald Trump's a bad person. Remember, he opened his campaign on this lie that Donald Trump called neo-Nazis and white supremacists very fine people at Charlottesville. That was the beginning of the Joe Biden 2020 presidential campaign. It's a lie. It's demonstrably false. Lying is a sin, by the way, Joe Biden. Good person, Joe Biden. And that now, finally, you know, the, the, the central feature of America is racism. He, Joe Biden is acknowledging the 1619 Project dishonest premise. And... But, but Joe is going to, Joe, despite 50 years in public life, finally now he's going to make us all better again. That's what they always tell us. This is the progressive liberation narrative. They can never solve any problems and they can never acknowledge that we've, we've done anything good in the world because to acknowledge that is to give up their whole sales pitch, which is we're the progressives. We're the liberals. We're always, there has to be oppression. It has to be systemic because our entire reason for being is to liberate us from that oppression. That's why they're liberals and to progress into this wonderful future. That's why they're progressives. And if things are pretty good, which they are, then they have no reason for being. And I would agree with that. I don't think they have a reason for being. I think their actual raison d'etre in the United States is to antagonize us and to, to bring us down and to tear down our past in an effort to control our future. Really disgusting stuff. I don't have respect for Joe Biden. I know it's fashionable now to say, oh, he's, he's an okay man, but he's declining, but he's been all right in his career. I don't think he's been all right. I think he's a liar through and through. I think he's been a doofus for his whole career. I think he doesn't believe a damn thing and he's willing to go whichever way the wind blows. And if they told him, hey, dye your hair blue and put on this beanie and go tear down a statue, it'll help you win an election. I think he would do it. Okay. Then none of that is worthy of respect. And, and if you think that, oh, it's just old Joe, maybe the country will come together. They've extorted us and they've said, we're going to burn your country down. If you don't elect our guy, just let them have it. Then things will calm down. I think you are sorely mistaken, but things are not coming down in the presidential election because we've got a new candidate in the race. And I think I might bear some responsibility for this. That new candidate is of course, Mr. Yeezy, Kanye West. Kanye West announces over the weekend, on the 4th of July, that he's running for president. We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, Kanye writes, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. Hashtag 2020 vision. So he's not running in 2024. He could be saying it's the 2020 vision, but I'm going to run next time. But now Kanye, who's friends with Donald Trump, says he's running for president this year, even though it's too late to get on the ballot in most states. I'm a little skeptical that this is actually going to work out. The, the thing I want to point out here, though, is Kanye West sent that tweet at 5.38 p.m. on July 4th. Two minutes earlier, at, at 5.36 p.m., I tweeted out my take on Kanye's latest song, and I tweeted it at him, and I pointed out that Kanye, this is the quote from the tweet, Kanye West has a more sophisticated understanding of liberty than most self-described conservatives and libertarians. Two minutes later, Kanye announces also on Twitter that he's running for president. So like, I'm not saying I did this, but, uh, you know, I, maybe I did this. <laughs> so uh, sorry, or you're welcome, depending on your view of this thing. I think it's, it's perfectly fun. I think it's all well and good. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump put him up to it, 
I wouldn't be. I, I don't think so. I, Kanye's his own man and he does things that are unexpected sometimes. And maybe he's just trying to pr- promote his song, which just came out. And you know, the mainstream media are now trying to block Kanye out of the popular culture because he's going off script. But I think this would help Trump, right? I don't, the reason that so many people on the right now like Kanye is just because Kanye likes Trump. It's because he puts on the MAGA hat and, and also because he did a gospel album. So they like that. I mean, that's, that's some good stuff. It, it, maybe we don't like all the songs on it or the music itself, but we like the message and the lyrics. That's good. That's kind of my take on Kanye. Nobody who's going to vote for Trump is now going to vote for Kanye instead. Very few people. Some people are joking about it, but I don't think that's the case. However, I think there are plenty of people who maybe they're not that political. Maybe they don't feel any particular pull to Joe Biden or Donald Trump who would, would generally be in the democratic camp because Democrats always are trying to get people who are not that politically aware or knowledgeable to vote. This is the whole premise of the rock the vote campaign or vote or die or, you know, puff daddy's thing from a million years ago. Uh, they're always just saying, Hey, you don't know anything about politics. You don't know a thing about any of the issues at stake or any of the candidates. Perfect. You're our guy. Get out there and vote because they know that voters with low information are more likely to vote for Democrats because Democrats control all of the messaging of the entire culture. So uh, probably Kanye could pull some votes away from Joe Biden. Fine by me. Uh, I, I wish Kanye well. I don't think this is going to work out very well for him just because he's, he's not going to be able to get on the ballots, but, uh, but that, that's fine by me. People that you would not expect to lead are leading like Kanye West. People who you would expect to lead, like for instance, a, an English prince, Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, is not leading. Prince Harry posted the most cringe-inducing video over the weekend that I've seen in quite a while. It ended up looking like a hostage tape where Prince Harry apologized for all of the institutional racism. And don't forget, that is just a code word for, for bad, all the badness. And by the way, if the English monarchy is not an institution, I don't know what is. So I guess he would have to be responsible for this. Harry probably always viewed himself as a good guy. We always thought he's fine and we don't think he's some bigot, but he has to apologize for the institutional racism. It was very, very pathetic. My wife said recently that our generation and the ones before us haven't done enough to right the wrongs of the past. I too am sorry. Sorry that we haven't got the world to the place that you deserve it to be. Institutional racism has no place in our societies yet it is still endemic. Unconscious bias must be acknowledged without blame to create a better world for all of you. I want you to know that we are committed to being part of the solution and to being part of the change that you are all leading. Now is the time and we know that you can do it. My wife said recently, that's, you could have stopped the video there and you would have said, this is not going to be a good video. Pretty embarrassing stuff that uh, the Duke of Sussex has to begin his own speeches by saying, you know, my wife just told me, this is, my wife said this very interesting thing. And, uh, you know, my, my wife told me to give this speech, by the way. And uh, so uh, that's what my wife said. Love her. She's great. Uh, pathetic, very pathetic stuff. But when leaders don't lead, then things go a little bit haywire. And I think that's, that's what you've been seeing in the, the madness and the mayhem and the rioting, not just in the US, but also in the UK, all around the world. That rioting, that madness leads to terrible results for everybody. Over the weekend, a, a non-binary white ally 
of the Black Lives Matter Marxist organization was killed. She was killed while protesting on the highway at night. She, she was on the I-5 highway at night. When you are walking around a highway, obviously that's a dangerous place to be. So how did she end up on the highway at night where there's no evidence that the driver intentionally killed her though? Maybe he did. I don't know. It's on, it's very unclear. I mean, he does speed up. He, he hits them, but they just don't, they just don't know the motive at this point. How do you end up on the highway at night? Well, what happened was the police decided they were, the, the, this BLM organization, this anarchist organization decided to close, they were going to march on the highway. So instead of the police saying, no, you're not going to do that. We're going to arrest you if you try to do that. They closed down part of the highway. But just because you say, okay, we're going to close part of this highway, that doesn't make that a safe situation. It is never safe to walk on the highway, particularly at night. Don't do it. So they do this. This woman very sadly gets killed. Now, I knew from the very beginning that this was not a, a white guy who drove the car. The way I knew that is if it had been a white guy who drove the car, that would have been the story. White supremacist, white nationalist, killer. The, even though the victim was white, it would have been, this was an attack on Black Lives Matter. But I knew, I knew for a fact that the driver was not a white guy because of the media coverage. So Kamala Harris, the senator, writes, absolutely heartbreaking. Summer Taylor was only 24 years old, peacefully protesting for Black Lives Matter. Again, it's not a peaceful protest when you shut down a highway, but neither here nor there. When they were, when they were struck by a car, because this, this woman doesn't believe that she's a woman or didn't believe that she's a woman, thinking of their family during this difficult time and everyone in the movement today. So this is ir very irresponsible stuff because what Kamala Harris is doing here is encouraging more people to get out on the highway. And regardless of whether you agree with the political views of the people protesting, it's always very sad when people die and more people will die because of this, because of this kind of encouragement. But it's being, it's still being posited as this anti-Black Lives Matter attack. ABC News. Protester dies after being, after struck by speeding car at Black Lives Matter freeway demonstration in Seattle. But no mention of the race of the driver. You can go through the whole article, no mention of the race of the driver. Then you find out the suspect who was arrested for doing it, his name is Dawit Khalid. He is a black guy. And it's not even that they don't mention the race. I don't care that they don't mention the race of these suspects. It's that if this were flipped, the whole story would be about race. And it would be about how this ties in perfectly with America's past and the original sin of America. And we've always been rotten and racist and it's a white supremacist holiday on the 4th of July. And this is just another example of it. This is what they do on the left. This is how they rewrite history. When there is a, an example that does not fit their narrative, the example is treated as just a one-off incident. When any, any example they can find buttresses their narrative of America as a hopelessly racist place historically, it's considered part of this trend, part of the history. Nine unarmed black men, not nine non-dangerous men, not nine innocent men, just nine unarmed black men were killed last year by police. But even just use that number, even say none of them should have been killed, even though the killings were justified in certain cases. Nine, not 90,000, not 9,000, not 900, not 99. Those are incidents. Those are not reflective of the broadest historical trend of how Americans have always been slaughtering black people. Isn't the case. But that battle 
is over history. And the battle over history is where they will be able to take us in the future. They're tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, the black abolitionist. They're tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass. Uh, some were torn down in Rochester, New York, the local media reported. Now, it's unclear who did it. Was it Black Lives Matter who did it? Maybe. Was it Antifa who did it? Maybe. If so, it will be excused and ignored. If they find out that it was a white right winger who did it, then this will be blasted over the news ad nauseum. And it will prove the double standard, right? Because you can tear down statues of everybody. It's fine. It's a good thing. It's wonderful. But you tear down a statue of Frederick Douglass, if it's, if it's a white white guy, white nationalist, white supremacist who does it, this will be considered indicative of this long historical trend in American history. Either way though, of course, it shows the absurdity of this and it shows this historical battle. There was a a viral video over the weekend from TikTok of these two girls talking about their view of American history, which I think has become a common view among the Utes. I'm ashamed to be an American where not all folks are free. And I won't forget the enslaved who died and built this place for free. So I proudly lift up all the folks who are still oppressed today. Cause there ain't no doubt this ain't our land. F*** Trump and f*** the USA. Two white liberal gals. That's the view. That's the radical view. And and it's the, the view that comes naturally from liberalism. Because you've always got to be, you know, even, even the idea that you're liberating yourself from the oppression of, say, the British monarchy or King George III, taken to a, an extreme, that can bleed over into always having to liberate yourself from the oppressive past, which means toppling your own heroes. I watched Hamilton over the weekend. Sorry to say, I was told to watch Hamilton. I didn't intentionally watch Hamilton. And, I, you know, I like the theater. I've been to quite a lot of theater. I've been around a lot of actors and directors and, and uh, writers for much of my life in New York and in L.A. Technically, Hamilton is, is fine for a modern musical. You know, it's a rap musical in large part, so that's not great. But it's okay. I mean, as far as modern musicals go, it's, it's fine. I love Hamilton. I'm a big admirer of Alexander Hamilton. The, the historical figure, not necessarily the musical. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is a talented composer. So it, it was fine. I was thinking, what do I think of Hamilton? Hamilton is ultimately a bad musical for America. Bad for a present moment for a couple of reasons. Even though it's very kind to the founding fathers, very kind to Alexander Hamilton, we're celebrating the founding era, that's a lot of fun. There's a, a, an, an unfortunate message being sent, which is uh, the problem of this is the genre of the music coupled with the liberation narrative that is obviously intrinsic to the story sends a very racially divisive message. The genre is rap for, for all the good guys rap. And then the bad guy, King George sings classic show tunes. Now the rappers, the, all the good guy characters and some of the bad guys, but at least they're all on the good side, meaning the colonists and the patriots. They're all played by black or Hispanic uh, actors. That's the casting. It's not colorblind casting. Some people think it's colorblind casting, which is where you cast anybody of any race for any part. That's not the case. And the creators of the show said, this is not colorblind. It's specifically people of color for the the good guy characters, at least good guys as so much as it's the colonists and the patriots. The bad guy is played by a white guy. That's King George, who has a great performance. 
The two best performances are King George and Aaron Burr. Leslie Odom Jr. does a great job. But I understand why it's people of color being cast for the largely rapping roles because you know, nobody wants to see Nathan Lane or Matthew Broderick rapping. Okay. It's just not very convincing. Rap historically, traditionally uh, views itself through a racial prism, right? As a, as a racial kind of art form. So, okay. We've got this, this rap genre, which leads to certain casting. Maybe they would have cast it that way anyway. Coupled with the liberation narrative, then the message you're getting is rap liberating itself the good, new, young, oppressed form of music, rap, liberating itself from the traditional stodgy, oppressive form of music, which is the Broadway show tunes. The inevitable consequence of that message, given the casting, is that you have the people of color, all oppressed, liberating themselves from the stodgy, old, oppressive white guy who is King George. That's a divisive message. That's not a unitive message, particularly at this moment. And I, I don't think it's because Lin-Manuel Miranda is some kind of radical. I think he's just a liberal. I think he's a progressive. I think that's the view of history. And it's a view now shared by Joe Biden. It's a view shared by everybody on the left, but it shows you the stakes. This is not just a handful of radicals tearing down statues of Washington. This is the fundamental battle line between the left in America, anyone who works in the arts, all the way up to Joe Biden, the presidential candidate, the left, which wants to tear down the country, which will twist and pervert beyond recognition our actual history to create a fairy tale narrative that will allow them to control the future versus the right, the conservatives who want to conserve things, who realize that the left is selling people a bill of goods, that they are no better and they are actually worse than our forefathers. And they are lying through their teeth about our history. And all they want is power and control. That is going to be the battle through November. This election ain't about tax rates, folks. This is about our very history and our history as our future. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll Give it a listen.